0: Hey, what's up? This is Mikey Sanchez. Uh, welcome to the 10th episode of Redeem Podcast. It's also the second episode of a three-part series brought to you by Vision by Dreamers. Uh, today's episode is going to include an interview of Sal, and he gets a chance to tell you guys about his personal testimony and discerning God's voice in his life, and even viewing God as the designer. A really neat time I had with him, and uh, he gets to share something really cool at the end, too. So hope you guys enjoy it. Well, let's kick this thing off, let's shall we? This.
1: Yeah, let's pray. I'm gonna pray.
0: You're gonna pray for your own interview. Huh? Oh, okay, guys, I, I have to because I know
1: it's. <laughs> I'm about to get the air. I'm gonna make right this as difficult <laughs> as I possibly can. <laughs> Let me grab my All right. Let's do this, Heavenly Father. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to meet, Father, to talk about things that are of You, Lord. I pray, Father, that You would. Use this, Father, to reach people, Father, that they may be blessed, Lord God, that that people can learn, that people can grow, that people can even see, Lord God, that you've given us a life, Lord God, that's, Lord God, pleasing, Father. And at times, Lord God, it's it's hard, and at times there's trials, Father, but I pray that there would be fruit, and I pray, Father, we continue just to worship you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you, and uh, just uh, protect me with my brothers here. Just kidding, <laughs> but Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Cool, cool. Oh, it's gonna get
0: real scary. Oh now. gosh! Episode
1: no. ten, kicking off episode ten. This is it.
0: Shout out Chachi.
1: <laughs> Already, that's gonna be the staple <laughs> done. for Redeem Podcast. Is every episode I'm gonna at least try to get Chachi a shout out at least once.
0: Chachi's been sending me music lately. He recently posted that stuff. Go check out what Chachi's doing musically on. Uh, it's facebook right now facebook did you see it i did yeah he sends it to me he sends me things privately and then i amped him up long enough to get him to feel uh confident and so he's he's like going live like he sent me a message like i'm gonna do i'm gonna say there's no turning back yeah but enough about chachi because we're not here to talk about chachi um i want to just go back if you don't mind dude uh right off the bat like you're a pastor of a church um that sounds you, so weird. To you hear do hear you, you say that. Pastor <laughs> of Redeemed Church. You you make music, you do podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, were you raised in a Christian home?
1: Yes, I was raised in this Christian home that we're in today. <laughs> yeah. I was raised in a Christian home and I grew up going to Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. Mm-hmm. I was poured into by my parents. They became Christian when I was like two years old. Before that, they were Catholic. More like non-practicing Catholics, and they started to gravitate towards the Catholic Church kind of when I was two to get more answers about, about God. Inevitably, I'm a, let me backtrack a little bit about my, about my dad. He started listening to Raw on the radio as a Catholic and realized this man knew the Bible and was like, I want to know the Bible the way that man knows the Bible. Interesting. So then from there... He he started to go to Calvary Chapel in Diamond Bar. Eventually, my mom on his own. Yeah, he went by himself, and then eventually, not long after that, my mom started to go, and they got saved. Um, My dad got saved at one of the Harvest Crusades. uh, Crusades shortly after that, Mm -hmm. and so I was like two years old when when uh, that all happened. So I didn't remember not being a Christian. So I've been a Christian for my whole life or in for the a most Christian part home. in a Christian home. Mm. And then but I did not know what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. Is do you, when
0: you think back at that is there things that you look at your your childhood upbringing in a Christian home and you say If I get the opportunity, I'm definitely going to do that differently. Like, what I'm getting at is, do you see something in your upbringing that contributes to this sort of, like, chapter in your life where you go completely away from the Lord? Or is that more like, doesn't matter how good a job you do, your kids inevitably can go down that road?
1: Yeah, no, that's a question I've thought about. Because I think when I first got saved, I used to think that it wasn't communicated with me well enough that I needed my own personal relationship with the Lord. Interesting. But as time has gone on, I've been saved for nine years now and watching my parents and understanding how they try to raise me. Um, I think they did the best they could to relay that. And maybe for myself just as a human being who I was, it maybe just didn't click for me Hmm. of what, like, and when I say this, what I'm talking about, Cameron, is like I was going to church and I was actually learning, like God's word was getting poured into me, but there was something missing that when I got to like junior high, high school, it was sort of like the thing to do, Um, it it was more just like mechanical, Mm. like it was just like okay, this is all I know. This is like what I've been doing. So once I started to get influenced by other things, like I just I backslid, and then eventually, when I was nineteen, gave my life to the Lord, and He broke me and Mm. changed my life. When it when it
2: was mechanical, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're just young, just going, what did that like? What that look like? services just going or were you plugged in
1: so at first it wasn't plugged in uh what got me plugged in initially was in junior high i wanted to learn guitar and sure enough there's people who can show you a little bit about guitar at church so i started to get involved with that at the time there there is these guys um uh gosh brian ryan gamo think you guys might remember him mm-hmm. um and our good friend who does video um who still does video sometimes uh mm. video guitar guy. uh no 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 <laughs> uh, he's older you know him uh, you know him as bob he, he had his, a band that went to spain like Oh, my God. Video gosh. guitar guy in Spain. He's man. like, Where you, you, you looked <laughs> up to him at a certain point <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, now you're clearly to make doesn't me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad. <I know. laughs> clearly doesn't look up <laughs> to him anymore. <laughs> man. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, it. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. You're going to find out who we're talking <laughs> about. <you. laughs> uh, like, Oh, my best friend. Anyway, yeah. But they were Damn. all part of the, um, the worship ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to get involved with that. And that was like my first intro into ministry in general. Do you want to laugh right now? I try to hold it in. I I hate that one. I think it's great. Oh, my gosh. Um, I've laughed so many times at the worst possible situation. I heard this particular one I'll (laughs) send you later. (laughs) That's great. Oh, my gosh. So that was my first intro into ministry. I was doing guitar. And crazy enough. Okay, this is what's crazy. I and I, hindsight is twenty twenty. They say, I looked back at when I was like first getting involved in worship ministry, and right at that time is mm. when I started to get heavily influenced by the world and sin. Mm. Like right at the time when I was like getting right close to the Lord and starting to get involved with worship, um, I just got snatched away. Boom, um, music. You think music. It, it was it was a lot of things. It was music. It was my friends who were. Gosh, showing me pornography. It was uh, the fascination I had with girls. Um, That was all in junior high, and that kind of pulled me away. And then in high school, then it got into the drugs and the party scene. Um, So I remember that I started to do worship, and then I started to mess around with sin, Mm -hmm. and then the Lord sovereignly pulled me out of ministry without yes. me, without anyone. Cause I was too, like, I'm a little junior high kid. People aren't really.
0: Nobody sitting yeah, down like, Hey, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I was, I was kind of quiet too. So people like weren't really sure like that what I was doing behind the scenes. Mm. Um, but I remember just because they shut down the youth ministries at the time, I was like, boom, that's it. I wasn't mm. doing ministry anymore. And then mm. I just went deeper into the world. So for me, it would just look like that. And I never had a hunger to go back to ministry for a while. In fact, I used to feel like the Christians that I saw in church, that I would never be like them, that they were boring and weird. And I was like, dude, like," especially once I got into high school, I was like, I'm never going to want to be a Christian. Like this is like the party lifestyle is what I'm always going to want. Like, and nothing like, I don't think anything can ever change that.
0: I just want to party mom. <laughs> 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 oh, you don't understand. God bless her soul. <laughs> you she, don't
1: understand. she went through a lot with me for sure. But uh, that it's because of her that I'm here today mm. for sure. And through the Lord.
0: But Okay. So you, you're, uh, that that brings up like a, just a curiosity in my own mind, like, you know, youth pastors or leaders, they're, they're always towing the line between drawing people in with things that kids would be interested in versus this is the reason why these kids are really here. And I'm not really building a relationship with the Lord between them and the Lord. And I wonder if, you know, cause like, Oh, I want to learn guitar. This person, you know, I, I could learn guitar here. Like, do you think that, like, now that you're a pastor, do, do you do you concern yourself with things like, like sharing with somebody, hey, listen, make sure that it's not the gimmicks that's keeping people here? Or is there a mentality like, hey, listen, that's their own free personal choice, and we're going to be as awesome and fun and loving as we can be. And if they're here for the wrong reasons, that's on them. Mm. Like, do you have that in your mind at all? Or did I just plant that in no, your mind? No, you know what? <laughs> No,
1: that's something that, as you bring up, I wasn't told that at first, what you're, sh- what you're sharing. It's kind of interesting. So back to my, my junior high days, when I first started getting into worship ministry, that wasn't really expressed to me that I couldn't recall of. It wasn't really like heavily emphasized. And then, so I got to tell you a little bit about my testimony in order for me to explain what I'm wow, about to. So I was in junior high, high school, in the world, I started, it was actually now right into college, right when I got into my first couple years in college, I was dating this girl and I started to get involved in ministry and only for the sole purpose of showing my parents like, hey, like I'm not like a bad kid who wants to party and do drugs. I'm actually like doing church stuff. And that's kind of when I started to hang around you. Or meet you at least <laughs> hide from you. Okay, hide, from, <laughs> hide <laughs> connection. Now. What a and connection And then that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, and again about that season, uh, I started to do worship again. Um, I started to pick up the guitar, and I remember specifically Phil Sanchez. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who started to tell me stuff in regards to what you're talking about. About making sure it's pure motives. Cause he started to tell me like, Hey, like I w- I would pick up on some of the things that he would say. He'd be like, Hey, you know, like, um, you gotta like be listening to worship music. You gotta be in your word. And he was like, you know, like it actually shows when you're not doing that. And by him kind of saying that, I was kind of like, is he like subtly trying to tell me something? From- <laughs> uh, I can actually see sin oh, no. <laughs> in your eyes. <laughs> and, Uh, I think that's when the idea started to get emphasized is when I was a little more older. Uh, And personally, I think I would emphasize that in a loving way possible, as loving as possible to the youth and to, if you feel that someone's not ready, even if they have like the talent, Mm. it doesn't necessarily mean you have to put them out there so that they can start to grow You guys have heard this in discipleship probably from Dave and Zunza, where the idea some ministries have is in order to help the church grow, some people will grab a Christian and put them into service so that their faith and their commitment to the Lord can grow. Hmm. But what we... See, as a, a more biblical principle, in order to, to keep motives pure and not to put someone who's a novice in a place of temptation, is to first see this person and allow the Lord to show them that they're trustworthy, someone of good character who's ready for that position to be then put there. Now, I know there's like, you know, different scenarios where things are going to be kind of bent a certain way. But yeah, I would definitely tell c- people to make sure their motives, even kids, to make sure their motives are pure. Mm. If that answers the question.
0: Yeah. And do you think you would uh, um, train other leaders to look out for that, for pure motives, or to communicate that as well to them?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's especially when you have a small ministry. Mm. It's so tempting to just grab anyone who's available, anyone who will say yes, Hmm. because you. I just want to get done, Uh, and And then you fight. You fight that. Yeah, I do fight that, and then even to gloss like I've seen people go as far as um, sometimes they can gloss over certain aspects of uh, unqualified in a person because they just want to get a job done and we have to be just be careful with that mm. you know
0: I think that's a super noble fight to be fighting within yourself dude. Mm. I think that there's more pastors um, that aren't even aware that that should be a fight within themselves yeah and that's I think that's a very awesome thing I've seen I've seen uh Ministries. No, I I want to make sure I make that clear. I, I I've seen um, people unaware of that temptation as it being a negative thing, mm-hmm. um, and just oh man, like let's grab this kid and you know let's and and like you said because it's small and anybody's extra hand is like the relief that that offers is huge, you yeah. know. But really, then it just becomes. Um, that the people exist for the ministry rather than the ministry exists for the people.
1: Yeah. And not only that too, like even in the sense of if somebody, let's say they're not even in sin, but they're not really called to that ministry and you're just kind of like, Mm. you're calling them and you know that they're kind enough to just to be like that yes guy or yes girl. They're just like, oh, like, It's for the Lord, like yeah, and then you're constantly you end up using them Mm. rather than letting God take them where they want to, where they're supposed to be, and just flourish. You're you're pulling them in for just that sole purpose, but there's no uh, there's no love involved in that, you know. So I have to be careful with that too, because I can't like I right now. If I could have somebody doing worship for the Bible study, I'd love it. Hmm. But right now it's just me up thank, the Thank God that you could sing and play. <laughs> and put it on the side, and there we go. That's it. You know, I think God's. I think God honors that, and oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So in in your in your the evolution of you as a Christian, not evolution the theory, but um, you have you have Sal who he gets saved and he becomes genuine with the Lord at some point. Right. And now here you are walking with the Lord, 100% sold out, loving Jesus with all your heart. But then before you become receive your calling to become a pastor, you, you, I see a change in you like, right. There's like a, a deeper dive that you take in your relationship with the Lord and what, I, what I'm what i asking is because there's not a difference between Sal sold out for the Lord um, and Sal afterwards sold out for the Lord the same, right? In that way, there's just a, a man who loves the Lord and who's just doing just following God with all his heart. But there is a difference between you before and you now. And what I'm asking, what I'm trying to get at is, what do you think the difference is between uh, a person that's just sold out for the Lord and yet doesn't have some of the wisdom that God will teach them, and then uh, who you are now as a pastor.
1: Okay. So uh, I kind of have a moment where what you're talking about, I kind of can recall as a Christian having kind of a breakthrough moment. And then there's another aspect that follows that, which is more of a... Uh, of, of a just surrender and trust in what the Lord's plan is for you. So the first was, I think I was about, gosh, maybe five, four years ago. I started to see my Christian walk as, my early Christian walk, like the first four years of being a Christian of... I used to think I had this relationship, first of all, with God that was like nobody else's. I used to feel like, okay, God is speaking like directly to me, like he, like the writing on the wall, like signs and like things are coming out like miraculous, you know. And I would be like, oh, God is just moving me, like He's directing me. I'd pray, and a lot of the times it would work. A lot of the times, the things would come to pass that I would feel God was telling me. But when some of the major hard things that I felt like, oh, this is what God has told me, this is what he's doing in my life, uh, when those things didn't come to pass, that was like, first of all, I had to start questioning the way I talk to God, the way I think I communicate with the Lord.
0: Or the way you think you hear his voice.
1: Yes. And coupled with that, uh, of learning that, was I would be praying for the Lord, like God just... Um, when I first got saved, like just give me a new life. Like the old life that I have, like this sucks. Like I just need you to save me because like all the sin that I've allowed myself to get buried in, it's, it just got me to this place that I, I, I don't want to be alive right now.
3: Mm.
1: And I was, I was too scared to commit suicide because I did believe in hell, but I just, I would literally wake up with the conscious idea of, like, I don't want to be conscious. Like,
0: and this is during your walk with the Lord?
1: Yes. So for the first few months of, of, of being a Christian, I was just still depressed, and the Lord had to pull me out. He had to pull me out of that, that depression. Romans 5, verses 3-5. I remember when I first read that, I was just like, okay. Like, God is doing something mm-hmm. through this. Romans 5, 3-5 says, and not only that, but we glory in tribulation. Mm. Knowing that tribulation, it produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love that the Holy Spirit has poured into our hearts. So I read that and I knew when I read that, that the Lord was giving it to me because I needed to hear it at that time. It was mm. like, okay, like you're in, a, a, you're in this spot I'm here. I'm with you. I know you gave your life to me, and I know you're in pain, but I'm using this pain to do something beyond what you can see, and I held on to that, and shortly after that, I began to just ask God, like, hey, like, cool, like, well, then let's, you know, let's get to work. Like, give me a ministry, and it was, like, the high school ministry. I was, like, thrown into it. I was, like, sweet God. Thank you, and then I was, like, okay, like, uh, like put a call in my life and I felt like the Lord was like starting to give me like this calling in my life. And I was like, okay, like I'm called to ministry. And then I would ask him like, okay, well, help me find a career. And it was like, boom, here's a career. Um, and after all these things I I was praying for and the Lord was giving them to me, I remember specifically, uh, Again, I was in my word and something in Isaiah stuck out to me where the Lord, I can't remember even where it's at right now, but the Lord was kind of rebuking the people for calling out to him in vain. Mm. And I felt like God was telling me like, hey, like, when are you going to come to me just for me? Mm. Like, instead of coming to me and out constantly like, oh, like, yeah, you're asking for good things, but when are you going to follow me? Because... I deserve it. And I realized, like, you know what, like, this is almighty God. Like, this isn't a vending machine. Hmm. And so at that point, I started to kind of, like, just reset, like, my, my, I think my approach to my walk and just see, okay, God, like, what do you want? So I think that was, like, a pivotal moment when I was, maybe this was about five years ago. And then from then, it was... After that, it was just a walk. Like that led me. uh, If you're asking, like, how did I become now, like from the on fire style, who is a a newborn, but there's a change that happened. A lot of it was disappointments, for Mm -hmm. sure, that made me realize that my plans are not mine; they're directed by the Lord's, and. And then just kind of also having the openness to say, you know what, like, hey, if God can use a backyard Bible study, like, I'm going to be a part of it, you know? Hmm. So that was kind of, I think, the...
0: Is that how you started at a backyard, backyard Yeah, Bible study?
1: yeah. You know, I think, um, Mike, when you, you did a bi- backyard Bible study in San Dimas with your buddy Peanut, Mm -hmm. and when you first told me that you were going to do that I just remember like beaming with just joy like dude like okay like he's going to start a bible study and I was like this is going to be a church like I'm all in like so I was like okay cool like I'm like I felt called like to come alongside you at that point I was like okay like I'm gonna go help Mike out and that was a beautiful time I think it went for almost a year on Friday nights Mm -hmm. so we met up and I loved it everything that I was learning and growing in Mm. so it was just like okay like and then you got called to be uh, a pastor over at Calvary Chapel so then everything ended and I was kind of like okay cool like well I'm still in my lane doing what I was doing in ministry at Golden Springs
0: was that hard for you, like that moment? Did you feel like, dang, I thought I knew what was going to happen here? and Or was it more just like, oh, cool, no problem,
1: like moving on? I remember not so much that it was like a big disappointment for me, but that I was at that point bummed about, I think, the fellowship that was amongst us. And I also at that point in time was just trusting the Lord with um, where he had me at that point. Cause this was kind of when I started to really just be like, when crazy things like that would happen, just be like, okay, I'd already gone through like just some, just past relationships, even as a Christian that when those things failed and I realized like, you know what, like, okay, like my plans are, up to God, not to me.
0: So then that that sort of becomes like this pivotal change where it's less like uh, the genie in the lamp, which we've all heard um, before, um, to surrender mentality, right?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. And then just kind of holding on for the ride. Um, hmm. So then God started to put it in my heart like, to do something here at my house on Friday nights, and that was uh, almost three years ago. Wow. Almost. So how, how long were you doing that uh, here? We did Friday nights for here at my house for about eight months, and then we went to a park down the street, which is crazy. And then after the park, we went to a senior citizen center just for the building. And then we got started on Sunday mornings in Glendora in January this year. And then COVID happened. (laughs) 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 And then we're back Uh, here at the house. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's crazy. So it has been uh, a crazy ride. It was a crazy ride for sure.
2: So how do you... um the aspect where you're seeking God, mm-hmm. you know, before you're a pastor, before you're in this role, like, how does? What's the difference? You
1: seeking God then? You seeking God now? Is it the same? Is it totally different? No, it's, man, it's definitely. I, I feel like I'm I'm more stretched than I ever had. So it's harder. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I had more intimate time with the Lord. Before I was a pastor, I feel like now that I'm leading a church, I feel like, uh, especially when you're doing a lot, like I don't have like a ministry, a crew of 30 people (laughs) running alongside me, which, um, yeah, like, uh, which I love also too, the, the aspect of where God has me right now. But with what I'm doing, I, I definitely see, I have to keep my, um, my personal devotion there, aside from my own study time towards the the actual Bible study that I'm going to teach, because if I don't have that, I do feel like a dryness. I do feel start to notice my my flesh rise up, like whether it's pride, uh, whatever it could be, all, all those all those things, um, and I have to steal time. In order to study. And there's been days when it's like you do the best you can to set time aside mm. and you, you you read the portion of scripture. But there's been times because of the work schedule, forty hour, plus hour work week on top of everything else in life. Uh there's been those every once in a while you'll have that day where it's like okay, like, Sunday's tomorrow, like, I haven't had, like, my normal study time, and God, like, like, I just need you, like, to help me relay this message, despite the the lack of, of sleep, the lack of study time I've had, and learning to trust in the Lord. Now, let me make it clear, too, I don't ever recommend that anyone just think, like, oh, well, you could just wing it, you know, wing the Bible teaching. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, uh, but allowing yourself also to be a vessel, knowing that when you've done uh, everything you can before the Lord, you're, you know, as as best you can, uh, of letting God still have the ability to flow out of you and trusting that, you know what, Lord, it's going to be you. It's going to be you. It's not going to be me. Um, so besides that, I don't think of myself as, um, before being a pastor and after being a pastor, I still think like, uh, I think to more answer your your question, I kind of was thinking about like how life was before I started the church and after, and just noticing some differences. But I still feel the same. Mm. Like I don't feel, I don't know what it, being like a pastor feels like yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I I have like. A general, you know, like my friends and family members who've been coming to the church, and we just had a, bapti- a baptism re- recently, which that alone was an awesome experience. We just went to, um, where did we go? Uh Pirates Cove.
0: That's Corona Del Mar, Del Mar. and there's a little cove off mm-hmm. of Corona Del Mar called Pirates Cove. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome. Lo- look it up if you're if you're watching, curious, dope
1: little beach. I know. I've, I'm making this little video edit of it right now. But Play it we- right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. pulled up Max. <laughs> 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 we had our first baptism ever. How did that come about? It was well. Okay, here's something really cool. So I had this kind of fear about like having the congregation start to disappear, especially with COVID because I was like, man, like, yeah, it's going to feel, I, I might feel like, oh, you know, like I, I was kind of scared of seeing that, like looking out in the crowd, seeing my parents, my fiance and William, you know, just like, Faithful <laughs> you know, <William>. I know, <laughs> Faithful William. and I was kind of like, man, like if that day like happens, like I'm going to like feel like, man, like, Lord, like, are you, is, are you still here, you know? Ichabod. And sure enough, yeah, the glory. <laughs> uh, man. I, that word scares the heck out of me. Anyways. <laughs> and sure enough, when that morning came, because it did come, uh, just we, we've lost people because of COVID. They're still watching online. We're, we haven't lost them, but uh, meeting in person, it's, it's definitely, I miss meeting in person with uh, a lot of people are still, there's a lot of, of fear right now because mm-hmm. this virus. It's still yeah. very, a real thing. So when that morning happened, when I just saw my parents, William, Lisette, and I was just like, okay, like, God, this is who you brought. Like, um, I'm going to teach. And I taught. And at the end of the study, we were like, hey, like, let's eat. We had some bomb carne asada. And we were outside in my backyard. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if we were we were eating and i just the thought which i'm sure was from i'm like I, I had to be from the lord was just like hey like like i in the back of my head knew L- lisette hadn't been baptized yet as a christian and so i asked william i was like william have you been baptized and he was like no i, I haven't and then uh i asked lisette and william i was like would you guys want to get baptized and they're wow. like, yeah, cool. like, yeah, we, I'd be down. Like, we'd we love that. And I was like, we're going to do that. I was like, let's plan it. Let's plan it ne- next month. Really? And the thing so. that I was like so afraid of, that afternoon when we had lunch together, we had such like, there's just like a connection with, that the spirit amongst us of unity mm-hmm. that led me to think that. And it was just like this joyous moment. And then that led to, you know, opening it up to people. We had Lisette, William, my sister Veronica, and uh, Lisette's mom, Anna, all wanted to get baptized. So they were like, hey, like, they let me know, like, hey, I I would like to get baptized. I'm like, cool, let's do it. We went out to the beach. We had, like, there was maybe about close close to 20 of us, I think, maybe 15, 20. And as we were doing the baptisms, uh, one of my, my cousin's husband, he was like, Hey, like, I, I want to get baptized. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. And had this awesome moment with him. Like first guy that came out, out in the water who I wasn't even going to call him first, but he just came running out to us. So I was okay. like, I was like, all right, brother, come on down.
0: In fact, it, you were intending to call for someone else first yeah. and he just made his way out yeah <laughs> I, I I do want it because i was there i do want to elaborate a little bit on that story like what happened you know there there's evidence of uh you know when i show up to the beach there's evidence that this isn't fully orchestrated like it's kind of just everyone there and 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 there was how many people were supposed to get baptized four four people were gonna be baptized that's mm-hmm. what was gonna happen and we're making our way out there and there's people obviously not aware that this is a baptism. It's not the convenience that you get when you have, you know, 300 people show (laughs) up. Everybody's like, Oh my gosh, something's going on. You know, you're, you're sort of just a fly on the wall on this beach. And, um, but we go out there and, and sure enough, oddly enough, people did kind of at some point recognize something was going on. They did make way. Mm -hmm. And we, and Sal asked me to help him do baptisms. And so I'm there and,
1: I was scared that I was going to do it by myself and just, like, <laughs> not be able to pull him back up. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it was awkward. Have you ever been out there how, assisting in baptisms? No. Not uh, at the
1: beach. At
2: the That's beach. That's where it sounds crazy.
0: Yeah, because you have tide. like, yeah, uh-huh. And I, I had some little memory bank. I don't even know who it was. Somebody was like, make sure you're in semi-shallow water. Like, you don't need to be in deep, deep water. <laughs> But like we start, started kind of saying that like maybe we should be in shallow but like but like conversations going on we didn't really go there and so we ended up in semi deep water and there was one moment I don't, uh, I don't know if you noticed but it felt a bit like oh like we're losing our sure. footing or whatever yeah. but the rea- this is what i was shocked with dude was the reaction of some of those people getting baptized mm-hmm. just one guy just opened up about some stuff that i believe otherwise would never have come out we asked mm-hmm. people to to pray before, if there's anything they wanted to pray about and you're talking about somebody christian dude who's just asking for delivery for stuff and and then watching the lord penetrate his heart dude dunking him under and bringing him up and genuine tears and brokenness yeah. and rejoicing and hugging us and that was that was awesome yeah
1: dude. Yeah, that was an epic moment. Uh, And that was where I felt like, okay, I don't deserve to be doing what I'm doing, for sure. Like, I just don't. And I'm not saying that in like a a self-demeaning way or a way that's like, oh, I'm like this terrible guy. Don't look at me. But what I'm trying to say is like, I just don't. Like, I don't deserve it. It's God's grace that has allowed me to be doing what I'm doing, for sure. And it's it's all glory to him. And then we're doing that, and then, so he was already an additional, like, to, like, the four that we had. So I was like, oh, sweet. And then before it was over, my fiance's father, he stepped out and was like, I want to get baptized. Mm-hmm. And I come to find out that he actually hadn't been, even though he's been a believer all these years, he just felt like, okay, like, there wasn't that time where he felt like, okay, it was the right moment for some reason or another. Yeah. And he was like, I want to get baptized. And he just came out like at the very end and was like, Can I get baptized? And we were like, Yeah, dude. That's cool. Uh and so all of that when I look back to like where it started came from what I was afraid of of like just this shrinking crowd from COVID led into like such a really cool like time of like, you know what, like God is moving, you know, behind the scenes, like when we don't see it. When we don't know what's coming, like, God still has a plan, and he's taking care of his sheep. Because that's something that, like, I get concerned about a lot. Is like, man, like, is this ministry being effective to the sheep, you know? So I can't remember, remember your question. <laughs> <Me either. laughs> we moved on.
2: Yeah. I want to ask you about, like, that moment, you know, I'm sure there's more. You could talk about another one or just even that one. When, uh, when God showed you about to do baptisms. I think like when I when I have had those moments it's just it's just so humbling you know it's like mm-hmm. wow lord like as simple as the baptisms like that's I mean as a church you can take a role of like what are the categories what are the events we do and that's one of them mm-hmm. right but i mean it didn't come like that right mm-hmm. it just the lord showed you so like those type of moments like either talk about that one or another one of just like the lord just boom just give you an idea and mm-hmm. then like
1: yeah so no th- there's definitely I think a lot of the thoughts that sometimes we think that we have, I think they're definitely from the Lord. I think the Lord like puts it in there. I don't hear God speak to me like Salvador, do the baptism. Like, I I never hear that, you know? Uh, (laughs) And I used to definitely look for the sign from God to like push me forward into whatever it was. Like if I used to be like, oh, like, am I going to go move, like, or like? am I going to go be in this ministry or this ministry? And I'll just be like, kind of like, okay, God, like, if the light turns green, <laughs> like that means you want me to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the light would turn green, and I would go. I'd like, the Lord said it, <laughs> it turned green. You know, things like that. Um, maybe I'm exaggerating a little of how intense that would be. No, I don't but- think you are, because I've heard <laughs> Christians get weirder. Oh. I've
0: heard Christians like, if I turn the corner and he's standing right there, <laughs> He's the one for me, Lord. If he says hi. If he says hi. And it's like, hi. I know. (laughs) If he says hi back. If he's wearing shoes today, he's of the Lord. And
2: then you start keep compromising. You you know what? Uh, If he looked that way. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) He looked.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: It's like that person training the dog, right? Don't listen to anything I'm saying to you. (laughs) Good. Uh, Yeah, good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I had to learn, okay, like, there is definitely. I'm not saying that that God cannot speak in that way. God can do whatever He wants. Mm-hmm. God is the He's not a cookie cutter God, you know. Sure. And I had to learn to rely on what is just simple truth in His Word of like what is sin, what is not, and then also too there's an aspect of allowing the Holy Spirit to like guide me in a in a in, a, in my walk. So I. In the moment, I just thought, "You know what, like she needs to get baptized, and he hasn 't been baptized like let 's do a baptism hmm. and then God kind of like confirmed it after like he allowed me to see like, okay, that was God talking and I think the more you have moments like that, the more you get begin to realize when it 's God speaking and when it 's not, when it 's just yourself and then there 's also, and maybe I can ask you a question in this there 's those times when let's say things don't work out in that whatever, for whatever reason after the end of that. And you begin to question like, well, was it God speaking or was it me? Because it didn't work out. But I, sometimes I wonder like, well, just because it didn't work out the way you envisioned it doesn't necessarily mean God didn't say it. Um, sometimes God wants to lead you. He led Jesus into the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mm. 40 days and 40 nights now obviously you don't want to like say that god led you into sin the bible says clearly that god does not tempt or that god right. will not tempt you into uh into sin that god doesn't do that but on the flip side i can also say that whenever it comes to discerning what God is trying to say, sometimes I have no idea, bro. (laughs) Like (laughs) there's those situations where it's like, I don't know, dude. I don't know if God's like, if that's what God wants, I'm just going to like, wait, be patient. Um, There's some wisdom that I think I've, I heard pastor Tony Clark once say, if it's not sin, that's the first like, you know, earmark that like, okay, this is something that you might possibly need to be be getting called into. Because if it's sin, then no, you're definitely not. Uh, Number two, do you have peace about it? Is there peace? Because sometimes, I actually one time prayed and fasted that if there was a a mission, um, some missions work that I wanted to get involved with, I felt like, dude, this is what I want to do. And I was praying about it, and I remember I kind of like, I wanted to get a clear answer, so I began to fast. And in my fasting, one of my prayers was like, "God, if this isn't your will, I will, like, just remove peace from me about, about this." and like just take the peace away from me because this is where the way I'm walking right now, like if this isn't your will, like, just take it away." And I remember specifically, he removed the peace so far away from me that I ended up back to back. McDonald's drive through, Tommy's burger drive through in the same like 30 minutes. (laughs) Just hungry? No, dude, just depressed, bro. (laughs) Like like, all the peace was gone. And the only thing that was there was Tommy's burger and McDonald's, dude. And I remember I called Wade O'Neill and I was like, bro, I was like, I just like went from a Tommy's drive through, I ate a burger, dude, chili burger. And then I just, went through like. McDonald's. I just went to McDonald's right now. And he was like, oh, you're depressed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Wade. <laughs> yeah, shout and out to Wade. Then, so I, I knew at he that time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew at that time I was like, okay, like uh, God took the peace away from me. Uh, that was one of the lessons that I learned about like, okay, determining the voice of the Lord. And then I, I think that the third aspect to that, uh, is there a door? Like, is there an opportunity for you to even go through this? Or are you putting yourself through, like, just striving against the Lord in order to try to fight your your will to be done? And it's not, like, it's not happening. Um, Now, if even all three of those elements exist, I would always caution a Christian to still truly pray and just make your calling and election sure. Because you're going to trick yourself into thinking, there's an open door, this isn't sin. I've got peace about it. In fact, one time that's exactly what I was thinking when I was going to get some more tattoo work done uh years ago and I remember going forward like okay like like God like my my mom kind of had a problem with that at the time, but I was like, look, I got my Christian liberties. And like, I'm going to go l- get I, some like ta- how, I like how you're <laughs> hey, I'm the man. Yeah. I, know, yeah. I got Christian liberties. <laughs> I know. <but laughs> whosoever's. And <laughs> I went out <laughs> <laughs> to get some more tattoo work. By the way, like, let me preface this by saying, I don't think, I, I don't have a problem with people who have tattoos. I personally, as a pastor, don't feel, I have the liberty to get it where I'm at. So I don't have it. Um, but at the time I was like, yeah, like I got my my Christian the way I'm gonna go. And just to be safe, I was like, okay, God. If you don't want me to get this tattoo, then like I need you to stop me. Like just do something. Like Really, oh, like, like, like yeah. Which, <laughs> kind <of> thing, <laughs> Which again, this is my my youthful days as a Christian. I'm Make not- a Bird fly, <laughs> <by>. <laughs> And I I went there with somebody else, uh, this other guy, he got a tattoo right before me. And then right as I was getting on the chair, the dude's tattoo gun broke. And I was like, what? And then he was like, yeah, man, like you're going to have to come back like next week. I got to get the right parts and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. And that drive home, I was like, dang,
3: dude. Like, Whoa, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I never, I never
1: <laughs> went back for it either. And then my friend who is friends with my brother-in-law my brother-in-law ended up telling him, like, hey, you know, like, my homie who went to get a tattoo from you, he prayed, like, if God didn't want him to get a tattoo, that God would stop him, and then your tattoo machine broke. And he was like, so you're telling me that your friend broke my tattoo machine? <laughs> 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 I was like, "Oh, dude. Funny. You know,
0: there's something that's been rolling around my mind, and I just feel, I feel comfortable enough just sharing it, because I'm not, I'm not going to teach this. I'm just going to share it, because it came up right now. Yeah. Um, and that is that i've become increasingly aware of uh, the a difference between some believers and other believers and that is the ones that are, believe that god is present versus the ones that believe they know what god wants and therefore they are being what they believe the lord would want them to be right And as I become aware of these differences, I've also started to notice in conversation with Christians that that people kind of fall into one of those two categories often, not all the time, not like every Christian is either one or the other, but I'm starting to notice like these two categories accentuated by different things that people make, different decisions that people make. And one of them that just stood out as you were sharing is if God is detached from the church like he's in heaven and jesus saved you know came down and died for us and gave us the free gift of salvation that whoever takes it would be a christian and then we're working towards heaven right like we're, we're like we're down here we have the spirit helping us but we're working to eventually be with him right if god is detached from the church then you need to be able to trust that you know what to do mm-hmm. right you need to be able to trust that like um, I should go left instead of right, or I should come up with this idea instead of that idea. But, but if you believe that the Lord is connected to the church, then you're more interested in just becoming what he's turning you into, right? Like you're more interested in, instead of knowing I should do this or that, and just, then just saying, you know what? Here's more of me, God, because I still notice that has a lot of me left there, you know. There's a lot of like, what oh, my wants, and oh, if only I had this place, and if only I had this thing, and if only it took off, you know. And uh, I'm not suggesting that people that hear God saying "Go here, do this" are are, you know, the detached, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I I have come to notice in this very starving time of ministry, that the Lord isn't far away, and the more I become in tune with the closeness of the Lord, the more I'm interested in him just changing me. And I picture a a field, like a little hilltop, with a bunch of little flowers sprouting out all at, at, at different ranges from each other. And one hilltop has a bunch of little flowers that think they know what they should do. And then the other one is just prepared to let the master, or the landowner, go and do what he will with them, be it plucking, be it watering, be it enjoying, be it whatever. Mm. And, and I believe that the Lord is more pleased with that second. Yeah. You know, just because when you believe that the Lord is not detached but connected to the church... And the people I can think of that felt very strongly about that, like Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chuck Smith. Um, you just see a guy who's just sort of enjoying the Lord and just doing what God made him to do. And then consequently, there's all these amazing ideas that pop up. A radio or... Uh, you know these trips or the logos or mm-hmm. you know like all the things the school like that they ended up doing and he was a businessman and but see then again you used to see like the not the natural man that god chose and the anointing of god on his life and him just being molded in clay in the lord's hands that the lord orchestrates that and you alluded to asking me i only brought it up right now because you alluded to asking me a question earlier and I certainly have become a master of closed doors, you know, Mm. but the most beautiful thing that I get to see in young guys that I see God using is I see the Lord's hand on their life beyond what they're aware of. Like I see, I see young men from a distance and I'm like, man, like I see God's hand, like they're like claymation, Mm -hmm. you know? And and you ask them, and they're like, "Oh, I think it's you know it's this and God's, but like, but like you almost are like uh, from a distance. You're just you're claymation right now, mm. and God's doing this dope thing in your life. And I find myself increasingly excited about what God's doing in other people's lives. You know, mm. so this is a this is a privilege like to interview you, and and I'm hoping that people are enjoying because you guys mentioned last time we. This is a three part series and you mentioned last time we were talking with cam that both of you guys struggle a little bit with social. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, but, but I, I just, there's so much puzzle pieces over the years of talking to you long conversations on the phone. Um, I think it's important that people get to really hear from you, dude, Hmm. you know, like not just you directing, but like your heart and stuff like that. And so what, if you could share something with your with your body of believers like if there's something that you think man if they didn't know anything else like i want them to know this like what would you say
1: i've got this wart at the bottom of my foot. <laughs> no, <I see laughs> it. you man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the cheesy joke. Um, Break the tension.
0: That's you know, that's social <laughs> optimism. <laughs> <there>. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not.
1: Uh, no, some things I, I think that maybe I could share with people that they don't know about me. I mean, not so much what like
0: what they know about you, but like what would you want them to know about?
1: Okay. Sorry no, about what? No,
0: um, like your heart as a pastor towards them. Like what? What if if you were gone tomorrow? Like what's something that they need to carry
1: with them? I I have I'm, I have this idea just more recently. I think that you know no one's promised tomorrow for sure. Like, but I, I when I say that, I mean in the sense all this like ministry that like I've, I've started, like I love where God has placed me and I love what he's doing. I believe he's calling us to grow. But like if, if all that stops your relationship with the Lord, it should never stop. Like if, if things don't go as planned, um, you know, we still have to trust the Lord that I had a, kind of a deep conversation. I'll, I'll, I'll go deep real quick. Um, my fiance, we were, we were talking and I can't even remember how we got, Oh, because of, of COVID and, and everything as we're planning for a wedding right now. Mm. Um, the, the topic of like, well, what if like it gets canceled? Like, then what? Like, or like, what if you can't, we have can't go on weddings, this trip? Like, yeah. what, what if we can't go on a wedding? And I was like, it's gonna be okay because it was in a, it was right at a moment when the wedding planning was getting kind of like like intense and i well i think it was getting stressful okay in, in the in the moment of the conversation and i was like look like stressful <laughs> <laughs> i was like look like <laughs> uh what mine ran
0: smooth then <laughs> yours for <ran> smooth.
1: Invites <laughs> <laughs> oh, easiest oh, thing right Josh, <laughs> <I need laughs> full I, on live <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, you guys could give me some more tips after. No, I'm just <laughs> so at the uh, very at the very end of it uh, of this conversation, I was like, "Look, like, like if if we don't make it, like to this day, to this venue, to this honeymoon trip, like, you know, like God has a plan, right? Yeah. Like, it's gonna be okay." And uh, then the conversation, I, I took another step further. I was like. And I, I don't know if maybe this is maybe this wasn't the wisest thing for me to say, but <laughs> oh, I just felt geez. like the Lord. Put it, it doesn't on my heart. matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, are like I maybe and I maybe I'm say botching it. the conversation. <laughs> I'm botching the conversation, but it led to to going as far as like, look, like God is going to do what He wants to do. I was and I, I remember just kind of expressing here like, if God called you away from me, like, would you listen to Him? If God called us to separate or is that so extreme that you wouldn't do it if God called us to do it? Like, like I could be gone tomorrow. I then began to tell her, like, like in the sense of like, I could be even like dead tomorrow. Yeah, like yeah. Th- this could be like over, like, but you, like the Lord, you have to trust the Lord. Like with all this, like you can't allow these outside things begin to affect who you are as a believer towards people, towards the Lord. Like, like, this, you have to be able to be willing to let go of that thing that you love the most and give it to God. Like if you're not able to do that, then you're, you have an idol in your life. Mm. So you have to just be aware of that, of just like knowing like this could all change. So with that idea, with what I'm doing in ministry, I feel called. I feel like the Lord is leading me. But I also too, I'm not holding on to it so tightly where if, like suddenly nobody for some reason, nobody was coming to church anymore. I'd be like, okay, God, like you have a purpose for what we did the last two years, three years. Like that wasn't in vain. Mm -hmm. Like, God, you are still have a plan for what I'm doing and for my life and I'm going to follow you. And one of the biggest lessons I think, Mike, you taught me was we're God's people. Like you're God's man, you're God's man. So, where you are, <laughs> the the workplace is not full of the Holy Spirit. The building's not full of the Holy Spirit. You are full of the Holy Spirit. So, go out full of the Holy Spirit to where God is leading you. It's, it's not always, like, the moment of, like, well, Lord, like... Sometimes it is, but it's not... Always, one hundred percent of the time, where it has to be, God is it this job or is it this job? What do you want me to work? And sometimes God's just like, dude, like, you go like, you're, Pick you're one. yeah. <laughs> like, where do you want to
2: go like? Yeah.
1: Go, go forward. Don't, don't be afraid and be full of the Holy Spirit wherever you go. Go with the pure motive of that God is leading you. So I, I kind of have taken that to heart in what I'm doing now.
3: Hmm.
0: I like that. That's super dope.
2: I love the the aspect you guys are both talking about is that God's the designer, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're just, you know, the clay Mm -hmm. and like everything in our life is just legit legit him designing it and we're just finding it out as we we follow.
0: It's kind of cool because... uh, have like this little moment even like right now as i'm watching you guys and happened last time when we were interviewing cam where it's like those aren't like the two star players like when i rewind back in the high school ministry Mm -mm. like that isn't like these aren't the two like like oh yeah those are the guys in fact some of the people that i was like dude this guy is anointed have fallen by the wayside and it, and it's heartbreaking because I have these memories. Even even when I... Now I look and I think that sometimes we get excited as leaders and we, we speak outside of God's um, perfect will. we using our discernment, or not our spiritual discernment, but using our, our logical conclusion or our assessment as leaders. And you look at somebody, you see somebody, and you're just like, dude, God's going to do huge things in your life. And people did that to me I feel like I'm half the man I was in some ways like like young Mikey could do more probably behind a pulpit like just charismatic wise like just I'm excited to do it and like full of energy about it right and half that stuff has been pounded out with on a construction site you know (laughs) but (laughs) but um but i look at you guys and i don't see like back then like oh me looking at you and being like you guys i mean like but i definitely sit here and i'm just like chipping out like what god's doing you know like with what god's doing with you over at golden springs and like with the fact that you started a church you strung lights up out there and you did it Almost exactly the way that I did. (laughs) I know I copied you. The rusty uh,
1: windmill, dude. That was what we called it.
0: That was a Bible study I did, but I see the hand of God, dude, and I don't see the person who got it all right in either one of you. I see, I just see the people that they they were just placed in the Lord's hands and they went with that. Hmm. They just went with like I belong to the Lord, you know, and and i 100% agree with what i once said to you before and that is that you're God's man you are God's man and so God's man is God's man regardless of where he's at you know that's 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 an anointing of who you who you are mm-hmm. in fact identity crisis is one of the biggest things our world is facing right now when they find who they are in their relationship with someone they find who they are in their job they find who they are in their audience You know, they find who they are and their effectiveness that they can perceive with their eyes. And those are the main things that I see people finding who they are, identity. Mm. But the bottom line is that's not what the Bible teaches us, that that's who we are. The Bible teaches us that we find our identity in Christ. And those are that's funny that Jesus can exist in your life without any of those other things being there.
3: Mm.
0: And so if your identity is found in Christ, apart from those things... Then certainly it allows those things to become a counterfeit place to find your identity, and
1: you touch on you, you touch on a if I can interrupt you for yeah, a moment on do. a something I think that I think a lot of right now we're going to start to see more and more of is and with the election with politics, um, I think it's natural it's nat- a natural tendency for. Most Christians to begin to, in the next couple of, of months, really dig into uh, politics, and there's a place for that. Um, but I, I, I would a- also like to share with people, if they're listening, that you want to just keep your identity with Christ, like, regardless of our conservative values, because I'm, I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, those are like the good things. There's, there's a lot of things in conservative ideas of pro-life, um, pro-Israel, things like that, that are, like, straight from the Bible, that, like, I'm going to find my identity in Christ still. And those things are going to naturally come out. Um, but I just would hate for Christians, because I'm starting to see it now, where even the church is starting to put their posts up. And, um, and I'm all for, like, you know... Um, being aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But when it starts to divide, like when you're cutting down like arguments with one another, brothers and sisters in the Lord, I'm like, ah. And I, I definitely have to be careful of like, um, there's sometimes that when I'm, I want to say things and mm-hmm. start to like show people that that I'm right, mm-hmm. where I'm like, ah, okay, God, just, you know. But I'm super curious what the church is gonna look like in four months? <laughs> <laughs> like just I'm just four super curious, dude. Mm. And we'll find out. Uh, yeah. It's like you know, what? but with regardless of all that, uh, we know COVID will be over in four months. <laughs> yeah. I'm all wow, some prophet- <laughs> <just> prophetic <laughs> statements. <laughs> if you're wrong, uh, we'll no, come back. To we, hope, we, come back dude. Yeah. we hope. We um, hope. And to. You know, if there's something I, I would like to share, is just to keep, uh, don't let fear hinder what God wants to do in your life. I, I think that we're seeing a lot of that right now. I mm. think we're seeing a lot of that. Um, I have, uh, <laughs> I know I paused. Um,
0: I love the pauses. I, I hate when they cut them out of Chuck's studies.
1: You know what? <laughs> I have a song that um, it's a worship song and I've wrote it. I, I I've wrote it. I've played it, but I definitely, I kind of want to share it. you going to play it right now for us? I think I, I think that I be will. Dope, dude. 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 I think I will. I'm going to go. Gonna, go oh. Yeah. Get it. Let's see. It. It.
0: It's, it's, you can hear
1: it. Cool. So this song I wrote, um, and I took most of it from John 14 and 15. It talks about abiding with Christ. It talks about Jesus being the true vine, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Chuck Smith said if there was a chapter in the Bible that you could, all have, if you could pick one chapter in all of the Bible to have, he would pick John 14. Because in it you have Jesus saying, who he is, what he's done for us and all these cool attributes of God of Jesus. So I wrote this song and uh, I kind of want to share it and I kind of want to keep writing worship songs in the future. So we'll see. It goes like this.
4: Let not your Heart fear, trust in God, believe his son. Dwell in his peace here is right. our God is one. Adonai. Yahweh True vine Bear fruit You're the light Christ abides in you Helper Spirit you make all things new Crucify (laughs)
1: <laughs> but yeah that was the chorus so yeah I kind of want to keep good. I want to keep um, making worship music I, I feel like what which is really cool is um, being that I haven't had a worship leader um, I have been forced to push myself musically with the guitar, and uh, that's one of the songs I like to play, like during worship. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I think I w- if I keep every once in a while throwing a, a song in there, like, um, I'll grow. <laughs> <laughs> Just like <laughs> Cameron's headphone jack has I, grown. <laughs> I, I, I I think uh, I think done. you uh,
0: I think it was um, obvious that you were pretty comfortable with that song, dude. It sounded really good.
1: Uh, I, what's crazy is it started off a long time ago as an electronic song that I made, and then I remember it. Uh, oh gosh, no way! Do you really? Yeah. Oh man. Well, hopefully you don't remember it that I was well. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, that was exactly right? how it was. Pretty close, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> dude, for sure, for sure. Dude, these headphones, like that, are like super state of the art. Just <laughs> fell apart on me. By the <laughs> way, um, I know. Get the Yamaha. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, gosh.
0: Well, well I, w- I want to pray for you, dude. Yeah. Is that cool? Please. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to pray not only for you, but I want to pray for Redeemed Church. Um, shout out to you guys. Um, already pray for you often, but it's a, it's a privilege to be able to be being able to be a part of what's going on with this podcast Um to be uh, alongside you in our project we call Vision by Dreamers. Ooh, yeah. Um, Which maybe I'll talk a little bit more about, and then we're definitely going to get into with the later podcast little teaser. Yeah. Um, So let me pray for you, dude. Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity, and I see all the things that Sal has learned over the years, and um, it's just a testament to how good you are, Lord. Um, and as we asked earlier, the truth that we realize is that there's not really anything a person can do to get themselves in a more proper place before you other than just keep trusting you. But surely, Lord, it's your molding hand in a person's life that brings them to that place, um, which is more in line with where you want them to be. I pray that we would all find ourselves more in line with what you have in store for our lives. I pray right now for a redeemed church. I lift them up to you. I thank you for each and every one of them. I ask that you give them vision and that you draw them close to you, Lord, and that you build in them loyalty to Christ. Give Saul wisdom and all the gifts you'll need to point people towards you and to lead them in your presence. I pray right now specifically for an anointing upon him that he may be counted as one of your servants, Lord. In this next cha- next chapter in history, that He would be one that you anoint and use, Lord. I lift Him up to You now. I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for interviewing me today. It uh, was a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you.